0: hello and welcome to the welsh rugby podcast just a massive thank you to however you are listening to this before we start just to remind you that we do this podcast two three times a week but we don't always know which day it's going to be on so there's only one way to know and that is to subscribe and get notifications why not drop us a review while you're there right enough about
1: that let's talk some rugby Just before we
0: start today's podcast, we've got some exciting and important news to tell you about our podcast. As of now, our podcasts will be hosted on the Global Player app. Now, don't worry, if you listen to us on other platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Acast, that's fine. But we recommend you download the Global Player app to listen to our podcast before it's released on any other player. The Global Player is available to download on
1: iOS and Google stores. Hello and welcome to uh, Coffee with uh, Dylan Lewis and Corey Hill. Uh, boys, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, I know it's uh, very strange times. Uh, Corey, we'll start with you. Um, how are you coping with the, the lockdown and how are you dealing with it all?
0: Yeah, not too bad. I got I had a big delivery of Fat Dragon Coffee, look, which is um, <laughs> keeping me going. I'm um, <laughs> <laughs> <I> still waiting for mine. <laughs> yeah, it comes. you've got to be hefty old prices on them these days, supply and demand and all that. Nah, it's um. I find it pretty, um, obviously it's difficult for everyone, but we're pretty lucky, I got a walk bike in the garden, some weights and bands and stuff, so I'm getting up to a local field to do a little bit of running, so keeping ourselves uh, fairly fit and obviously it's the unknown for us, we don't know when we'll be back and when we're going to be playing, but we got to keep ourselves fit and I think this is going to be more of our downtime in the, in the off-season and then probably going back into a pre-season ready for
1: a few games towards the end of the season, I suppose.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, and, Dill, what, what about yourself? I've seen a few videos on Instagram. You've got a nice little set up there.
2: Yeah, similar to Corey, really. Um, probably about two weeks before this all blew up. But I Luckily enough, put a gym in my garage um, and... I spent most of my time here, to be honest. Or on Face, sent to Corey and the boys, <laughs> just chatting absolute nonsense. <laughs> so.
0: Panicking about the two hundred twenty miles we got. What are we getting? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk let's talk about that for a second. Then so, boys, obviously so, so doing fantastic.
0: Dylan, Dylan had a twenty four hour DIY SOS and turned his house into a gym within a matter of twenty four hours. He panicked, bought everything, The company's sending
1: stuff, and he probably got the best set that we've
2: yeah, I've got going on when this is all over.
1: <laughs> so let's talk about the fundraiser and boys. Obviously, you're doing doing some work for for ten of us. Um, Corey, just explain what what you guys are going to be doing uh, this weekend.
0: Yeah, well, I've been a, a patron of ten of us for a number of years now. I got involved um, through a friend of mine, Craig Smith, his um, his wife is the head fundraiser and does a lot a lot of good work down at ten of us. So, so I to come on board and um, yeah, it's nice to do a little bit. It was, I think. Obviously, every um, charity is struggling at the minute So all the fundraisers and everything that's supposed to be happening, are obviously, cancelled. And, and I know, personally speaking, of our charity, ten of us is all—all all the shops are closed and all the fundraisers, which is probably the main source of income. I think—I think at the minute we are probably about seventy percent down in in income. So, so yeah, and and obviously, the nurses are still working full time and flat out, and it's a tough time for everyone with um with COVID. But I suppose having COVID and cancer at the same time is just, especially difficult and obviously families can't get in to see um, to see their loved ones which are struggling so it's it's a a difficult time and I, I spoke to Alex a couple of weeks back and said if there's anything I can do to try and help and she said they put a few challenges out there and obviously one of them was um, cycling from north to South Wales so a good <laughs> good friend of mine, Dylan, just up the road for me. Lucky enough for uh, a walk back as well and uh, I'm yeah, yeah. it.
2: And I'm not a he about, about, But he's asked me to join and I'm stupid enough to say yeah. I
0: have had <laughs> a couple of bottles of wine when he agreed to it. And, uh, <laughs> so how, how far is he heading, Togdaw? Uh, two, 220 miles. So it's, it's basically... they. They've mapped it out this from the um, I can't remember exact town, but it's from one of the shop uh ten of our shops in north Wales, and it'll be the exact distance sent to well they only thereabouts to the ten of our shop in Prive look so All right. pity, pity the pubs are closed we can't even finish off with a celebrate we um, are <laughs> stuck in our garden
1: <laughs> so Dill, so uh, the um General public would assume, obviously, you know, you, all you guys are, are fit and, and athletic blokes, but uh, you know, 220 miles is not is not a quick blast on a watt bike, is it?
2: No, I think that's the most daunting thing about it is the amount of time we'll have to be sat. <laughs> and me and Corey be sort of mulling over how we're gonna go about it. and We said like we want to get it done in one day, and we're yeah. starting at, <laughs> start at six in the morning, and we'd be finishing at like nine at night. So it's a long old. Uh, <laughs> It'd be a long old trip on a bike, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so let's uh, let's talk about how you're dealing with the uh, the sort of the rugby at the moment and what, what are you doing to keep yourselves busy? Is it is it just a case of you know you've obviously gotta do your fitness top ups and stuff like that, but you know, there's obviously a lot of downtime for everybody at the moment. Are you are you looking at Netflix all the time? Do you, do you read what, what are you doing to sort of pass the time? Corey bought oh.
2: a PS4.
0: <laughs> yeah, personally. Uh we went out, bought a PS four, try and get it an out on holiday to take it over. But no, we t- I try and stay in a little bit of structure. get up, um <clears throat> have my fat dragon coffee and
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, we I try and keep it structured so I try and do a little bit of bike in the morning. Um we we bought a lot of weights and bands and stuff, so try and keep it structured that um just set this set your week out and try and stick to it as much as possible. Obviously we we get out like three weight sessions in a week and, and try and get your, your fitness in as well. I lucky I've got a local rugby field just up the road from me and I try and keep my two running sessions going just to keep myself on feet and then get my
2: off-feet conditioning
0: done on the bike as well then and, and we got a skier down there as well so we, we're
2: pretty lucky. Yeah. Well, what about you, doing? Mine's um, pretty similar but obviously I got injured in that England game so I've been doing all my own rehab as well so it's like lucky I got that space really where I can get all that done so I only started running properly probably last week um, so everything I've been doing is sort of bike rowing and stuff like that to keep busy and then the downtime, I luckily enough I got a housemate so I, I've i been living with him and he was nice enough to move his girlfriend in which was uh, <laughs> come week five now I'm regretting uh, regretting. <laughs>
0: And
2: so, <laughs> But no it's, uh, no, it's been right actually. Like, like you said, it's, it's not often you'll get an opportunity to sort of sit around and have this sort of downtime, even though you're restricted to go out and stuff. Uh, there is a lot of, you know, I find a lot of positives in it as well. So, um, yeah.
0: I think the big thing is is about changing the mindset of it rather than thinking about being stuck in lockdown try and keep as much structure to your day as possible and obviously when you're out walking the streets and stuff I think it's quite relaxing it's nice to see that places are pretty empty and everyone's having a bit of downtime and chill time and also you see on social media uh, everyone's spending a lot of time with family and stuff and like I I got a brother, I got two little ones and they're spending a good bit of time with them, obviously being off work and taking them up the mountain for their daily walk and stuff. So I think everyone's got to try and take a positive out of the way. Obviously, it's a massive negative going on outside, outside your own little bubble. But as, as positive as you can stay, I think is, is the better and, and obviously the the better we come out the other end of it as well. Yeah.
1: All right, let's talk about a little bit of rugby for a second then. Dil, I'm going to cast your mind back if I can. Um, Two, do you remember the first day that you rocked up in a professional rugby environment? Do you remember the first day or the first week or the early days when you rocked up at the Blues?
2: So, um, so I didn't really have, I didn't have any, any clue about what, <clears throat> like what was happening throughout the day and stuff. And all I remember was the first thing, uh, like, go in, put your weight in, do a bit of a gym. And then, obviously... <clears throat> It was my first, I'd never been to, the, uh, it was a pavilion at the time, down in, um, down the Ville. Yeah. Everyone's just shot off, and I didn't know where everyone was, so I'm just sat in the changing rooms with a tin of tuna, <laughs> eating my tin of tuna. Next thing, I'm like, I've missed the team meeting, I've missed everything, everyone's like, what are you doing down here? I was like, well, I didn't know where it was. So it was my first day, It was just sat in the changing room on my own with a tin of tuna. <laughs> <laughs> no, no got a chef upstairs cooking food for us as well so
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What about you hold us Dylan? Um, first day I was well funny enough, I was the same with James um, Dylan I was down at the obviously come from the pools Academy, and and um, it was at the time where we probably signed I think it was development contracts so we weren't quite the senior but we, we was up for the seniors in the summer. Yeah. so we, we obviously had to go down and Diane was in charge the time so we met Diane we were in a group um, it was me Thomas Young um, Owen Williams Luke Hamilton Coley Cook um, two other guys Owen Shepard's finished now which was <clears throat> one of my good mates and yeah it was pretty daunting at the time because the Blues I think they just won the Amman Cup and had a pretty hefty old squad down there and it was, it was at the time Paul Tito was captain and, and obviously Xavier Rush and a few of the Kiwis and we had Martin Williams, Geth, and Jenkins, all those guys running it. So mm-hmm. we had our own little, um, like, academy slot. And, um, yeah, walking into the change rooms with all those guys is pretty daunting, to be honest. And, and we'd done a year up there with the development. Um, with Dan, We had Dan training us at the time. Um, he, crazy guy. Um, legend of a bloke. But he loves his early mornings. I don't think he sleeps. I think he goes to sleep at about half past six in the evening and wakes up about four o'clock in the morning. So we were in I think we were in at about half past five in the morning, doing laps of the pitch and doing our weights and running. So yeah, it was pretty meant it was pretty surreal uh experience at the time, thinking back and just, as a seventeen year old.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh training training alongside those guys and I think at the end of our corridor it was uh Paul Tito, Xavier Rush and um through the Kiwis and we were just looking down thinking, just keep your eyes down, you know, we just <laughs> keep it head down, throw training and, and shoot off out there like, you know?
2: Yeah. I think one of the best um <laughs> one of the well best and worst experiences was um me and Thomas Williams. Um we went out on the weekend. This is when we were in the academy now. Went out on the weekend, got into a bit of trouble, and it got back to <laughs> Jeff and Jenkins at the time. So we were walking through the front door thinking no one's found out nothing, blah blah, keeping our heads down, a bit sheep <laughs> Yeah, Finn's pulled the off into one uh, one side and he's explained, you know, he knows exactly what's going on, blah, blah. So he's um, so in the pavilion and you've got like the change room, blah, blah, and you've got this real small room man, with like a massage bed in there, which is just tiny. So how punishment was, we had to get changing in there for the week. Um, and he said, we're lucky not to be getting changed in the storage room. We're all cleaning products again. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: so when, when, you were, when you were growing up, Ben Del, who were the players that you were looking at as a, as a youngster uh, coming through? ICO? I see <laughs> you
2: Coolio.
1: probably played around, <laughs> probably played, <laughs> played, with, played with and against a lot of them, did not you?
2: Yeah, I think like growing up, obviously, when you're younger, I, I you know I don't know many players, well, many young players who. I think, oh God, I can't wait to be a tight dead. Um, <laughs> so, like, the players I sort of like to look up to. I guess, like, Gethin was sort of different because he was, you know, he, he was the modern-day prop back then. And, you know, he'd done a lot of things which, you know, props mm-hmm. didn't do. So, I think Gethin was one of them. And then, obviously, like, Shane Williams, like the exciting players and players like that. But, like, definitely Gethin, I think, sort of helped me transition from when I was like an eight wanted to be an eight and I found out I was too slow too fat to, to, be, to be a little I think guess it was definitely the, the prop who I sort of looked at and, and tried to, you know, emulate really. Yeah. And what about you, Corey?
0: Um oh we were obviously partner boys growing up and we used to get outside of sword when it was back in the olden day olden era when it was um full crowds on there and it was absolutely better. So I remember me and, my, me and my mate, we were watching all the old videos of um of games from back in the 90s and stuff. And just watching Neil Jenkins go up, he was, he was an absolute idol. Obviously, for everyone in Wales, I think, at the time, I think Dylan still wants to be out there half now and probably, <laughs> probably watch him growing up. But um, you know, like we were watching it and seeing seeing the old Battle of Bree, I think Chief was an absolute legend as well. But um, obviously, looked up to him. Think anyone mind his physicality, but not so much his skill level. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that part of the team at the time was was pretty special, and for us, by growing up watching, that was was awesome, you know. And see, yeah. seeing Sardis all packed out week in week out was was epic. So. so yeah, for me, it was growing up. It was watching the likes of Neil Jenkins, Chief, and all those guys. Yeah.
1: yeah. Obviously, I'm bringing it forward to, to the present day. Um, you know, you, you guys were were you know on the verge. Wales were on the verge of playing against Scotland, and the game's called off. Um, you know, you, I'm sure you've seen the pictures of the Principality Stadium as it looks now. Uh, Corey, what, what do you think when you look at at the stadium as it is? You know, you're obviously very familiar with it as a player, but it looks uh, very different at the moment.
0: And start off with a little bit of a positive. It's amazing how they've turned it around and have and, and done sort of pretty quick and look it's scary times at the minute. looking at the National Stadium which probably would have been full of seventy five thousand less boys playing in it. Now looking at the, there's a hospital, which is it was obviously pretty daunting for everyone and pretty scary. But yeah, the work that everyone have put in and come together and the whole country have come together and, and done is pretty special. And you're looking I think the Park Scarlet have done the same. Uh they're yeah. going over in the barn as well, over the vale. Um so yeah look everyone's everyone's on edge a little bit tonight. Nobody knows really what's gonna happen. Hopefully we don't don't have to fill those hospitals. I think yeah. at the minute they are still empty and they always in one patient have been taken down the down stadium. So, so yeah, if we can touch wood and on those um those field field hospitals since they're empty, it'll be great. But um look it's just pretty daunting times, isn't it? Um it's obviously got us boys um uh, the preparation going in. Um, into the Scotland game we prepared pretty well all week um, to then being called off on, on the Friday but look I think it was the right thing to do um, keep all the public safe keep probably the players and family safe with everyone and, and yeah safe, when, when times I guess come around I think safety is much more important than, than a game of rugby at the end of the day
1: Yeah Dale there's been a lot of sort of um, suggestions and people throwing around ideas about how how sport can restart and all the rest of it one of the suggestion is to play games behind closed doors um, when it when it is deemed safe to do that. Do you have an opinion on what it would be like to sort of play in an empty stadium? Do you would you be a fan of that or? Just before he goes, Matt. I think Dylan's just had a lovely three G
0: fit in the guard. I think I think he's trying. To, <laughs> I think he's trying to host the first game up in his garden. <laughs> <brother>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 <I'm> <laughs> sports on the phone, Are they coming in? <laughs> <laughs> No, it'd obviously... It'd be hard, wouldn't it? It'd be different. It'd be like going back to million juniors, playing under-9s rugby with, you know, about five or six people on the side of the pitch. But, um, you know, I think... I think, you know, I speak for a lot of players, and I think they should come back and play. So, if that has to be behind closed doors, I think, you know, the boys would, you know, you know run to the red first. So, I'd love the opportunity to play again soon. Um, but obviously... Um, circumstances won't allow that for obvious reasons, but I, I don't know. It's also it's a difficult one because it blues at the moment as well. Like, even if you know we were told we could play a game in four weeks' time, we, we haven't got training facilities either at the moment because mm. obviously Arms Park is getting used to keep there for the millennium principally no. so it's a difficult one, but yeah. And what, what about you,
1: Corey? Have you got a, an opinion on what it would be like to play in, a, in an empty stadium?
2: Yeah,
0: just same as Dylan. really. It would be obviously very odd. Um, we, I've seen a lot of things, um, speculation and rumours. And, and look, as players, we just plod on, trying to keep ourselves as fit as possible, ready for when Markson um, does return. But like I said earlier, I think the safety of everyone, the public and, and the players and the family of players as well. You think um, even without the crowds say a contact sport, even just looking at the scrum or a lineup, you've got yeah. you know, 16 players in so close and... And if one of those players got the virus and potentially spreads it, so I think it's been talked about that um, professional sportsmen get tested or whatnot. I'm sure all all the top guys are um, are making decisions on all that sort of stuff and um, we'll make the right decisions when time needs to come. And look, for us boys, it's about just basically keeping our heads down, um, listening until when told, um, sticking to the guidelines, um, staying in, staying safe and staying as fit as possible. And... Like Dylan said, we're all busting to get back out there as soon as possible. Um, it's a bit of a weird time. I don't think since since my rugby career started, I haven't had time which you can just probably switch off to rugby and and just concentrate on training. I think Dylan's in the best Nick he's ever been in his life, which is a massive positive. But, <laughs> but yeah, for us for us boys, he's just keeping our heads down and keeping fit, um, staying safe, trying to keep in contact with everyone as much as possible and, and yeah, trying to take pauses out there. I'm sure...
1: When times will come, the boys will be ready to go. All right, and just a quick question before, before I let you guys go. And, uh, Corey, what's Dylan like as a teammate?
0: Oh, he's great, we get on. He's, he's a typical Ponty boy, and I am too, so, so we're lucky we, we get on pretty well. Um, he, he certainly uh, likes to enjoy himself and he doesn't take everything too seriously, which, which is obviously great. Um, trains hard, plays hard, but then enjoys himself as well,
1: so that's, that's great. You've got a good balance there. And uh, Dylan, same question. What's Corey like as a
2: teammate? Real quiet. Doesn't say a lot. He's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> nah like, uh, similarly The best, probably, my best, well, one of the first memories of Corey. So, each region is out a social. I think Dragons have gone to the races. And it's, me and Corey don't really, we know all of each other. We don't really know each other at this point. Like, I'm quite young. <laughs> So you've got the races, taxis dropping off in Ponty, um, say like three, four in the morning. As I've got the taxi, <laughs> Corey stood on the train station of Ponty. So he's like, Oh, will you going?" I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna have to walk home now." So my house is probably about two or three miles away from Ponty. So he's like, "No, no, I don't do that. Come and sleep in my house, right? Don't really know him." So, right. so start walking towards his house now. Well, it's out of the way. It's a big asshole garage. Petrol station a Petrol station yeah <laughs> he's like right I need a drink I need a drink so we've walked now about half a mile up road to this garage we've stood outside this garage for about an hour and Corey has drunk this garage out of Ribena
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then I stayed the night there like is so. <laughs> and there you go been best mates ever since we made seven cents, so <laughs> yeah, he's a good boy, Corey, yeah.
1: <laughs> have, you, have you boys ever room together on tour? No, no Dylan's te- a terrible snowman i refuse. Let <laughs> <laughs> When we told
0: um, Argentina, uh, I think it was the summer of 2018, uh, Thomas spent the whole three weeks with him <laughs> and we used to have a lovely video every single night. Until uh, I'm for about four hours. So Thomas had about, I reckon, about twenty four hours kept in about twenty four night, nights. Twenty four nights. So he got drunk the one night. So, so yeah, he's not. I don't think he's a great roommate. But
1: in the days, he'd be great. But nights, absolutely pulling. Night. <laughs> all right, lads, and uh, I'll leave it there. Then all, all the best for the for the challenge uh, on Saturday. We'll put a link in in the description so people can find out where to uh, to donate. And um, yeah, stay safe, and hopefully we see you on the rugby field soon.
0: Yeah, lovely. Cheers,
2: man. Cheers, guys. Thank you, man.